folks welcome back to the norwood noise we are here with you friday december 15th it is the morning of december 15th here on the in the eastern time zone in the u.s um early evening for me out here in milan this is the last last time we're gonna have to connect across the pond graham so this will be great um kind of getting back to normal over these next few weeks we had a big weekend last weekend in college hoops uh with a lot of big results we'll get into all that kind of break it all down pretty calm week with finals week of course um and then you know we'll get into this big weekend preview because there's a ton of good games coming up this weekend. Um, myself, Evan Shibble, alongside Graham Griffith, as always, with you on the Norwood Noise Podcast. Let's start though. I, I do have one question for you, Graham. Uh, before we get into the college hoops, do you? I'm still kind of confused as to what happened with the Giannis thing this week. Did you catch any of this? I, I saw him freaking out, running into the locker room over some apparent game ball issue with what he received after the game was it worth that reaction or what what's your kind of take on the situation well i thought he looked absolutely crazy <laughs> um and you know the argument was like oh it was his career high you know uh, for oscar to and like the pacers want to give him the game ball first of all i don't care if this was his first game ever, and he drops 40. I don't think it's the Pacers' right to, you know, get the game ball um, because, yeah. you know, that you're on the road, whatever. Um, I'd also add that he had one point, and... It wasn't even like he had yeah. a bucket. Like, he had a free throw. But then, even, if, you know, okay, first career NBA points a lot. Not a lot of guys get that. But he had one point against the Lakers last week. So it wasn't even his career high. I missed that. Yeah, I so didn't even... he's had <laughs> one point before. So that's what I, I was really confused about. Um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Giannis going absolutely crazy was just insane. Um, <laughs> no, like, I, I don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I, sure, I do think he probably should get the ball in the end if he wants it. But the reaction seemed a little out of sorts to me personally. So, well, anyways, uh, good stuff there. We're going to – one other – actually, I do have one other thing I wanted to mention um, non-college hoops-wise as well. Um, Thursday Night Football uh, was absolutely insane this week. I, we don't talk much about football on this podcast at all, um, but I do just want to shout out. I mean, what a weird week in sports. You've got uh, a 3-0 game on Sunday um, – uh, with you know the <laughs> just a with the Raiders playing an all time stinker against the Vikings this past weekend, 
uh, throwing up a whole zero points um, and allowing the Vikings to win on the road with a just a, an easy field goal in the dying embers of the game. And then they turn around on Thursday and decide to drop 63 on the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, what like what's going on there? Also, I do want to shout out like the I don't know if you saw this video of Austin Eckler like throwing up the first down signal when their team's down 50 or whatever. I mean, that's hilarious. Like what what are we doing there? What any thoughts on uh what direction the NFL is going? Are we are we losing our minds in sports completely just because there's no college basketball or what what's going on this week? Yeah, I I thought that um that Chargers Raiders game was just so hilarious because the Chargers, you know, um, I know that they're without Herbert right now, but you know, every single year, like that they have had, you know, a better team post Phillip Rivers. Like I just keep hearing that, oh, this is the year, whatever. I mean, they were five and eight going into this game, and at one point they were down, you know, what was it? Like, what was it? I mean, it was 49 zero. I think it was yeah, forty nine zero. I think it was the, um that's just that's just unreal. insane like i i don't know how <laughs> they arrived at that point and you know it's one thing if you know the dolphins like one of the best offenses in the nfl did that to you like the right. raiders <laughs> did that to you like the, the jimmy g led raiders and jimmy g didn't even play it was it was yeah, you right you're right that's right and, their Man, quarterback was I, and, and Easton. And this shows you how Stick. much I, I follow the NFL. Easton, who is that guy? He went to um, North Dakota State. His his Heck name yeah. is the same thing as a hockey stick. Like if if I if I look up Easton Stick and don't put football, you know I'm I, like I'm sure like the one of the first things I see is like a hockey stick. <laughs> oh, that's phenomenal. That's so good. We got Tommy DeVito, oh, you know. Tommy DeVito. Mama Mia. Tommy like, DeVito is great for the sport. Okay, so I saw this take the other day, and please entertain this if you don't mind. Um, if someone said DeVito is like the new Lynn Sanity, I, can we please just put some water on that? Lynn Sanity was ridiculous. Like, that was a different level, I think. Uh, I think that now that we are more than t- I think it's more than 10 years removed from Linsanity um people always want to call like a, a hot run by like a nobody like Linsanity and it's a I think yeah. it's a little bit disrespectful to um <laughs> to Jeremy Lin yeah like to the magnitude of what Jeremy Lin was doing I mean that was a team that was completely down on their luck you know, they battled injuries. Yeah. They were on their fourth string point guard, and he comes in and propels them to a playoff spot while while so beating sick. contending teams. He goes head-to-head with Kobe Bryant, who, like, was at, like, the peak of his powers during that time. And now I look right. at Tommy DeVito, and, like, I'm trying to – so he, he – he, he just wants some cutlets, man. He gets 20-balled by the Raiders, which apparently isn't that bad of a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, apparently they're 30 balled by now. the Cowboys. He beats Ron Rivera and the Commanders by 10. He beats the Patriots by 3 and sneaks past the Packers. Like it's not like he was he's throwing five touchdowns a right. game and he's beating all the best teams of the NFL. We kind of need our slow our roll on Tommy DeVito. <laughs> I thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, if he gets him to a playoff spot, great. Then we can maybe entertain it, but no, I agree. I'm I'm with you. I want to make sure we all just pump the brakes a little bit. Anywho, all right, on to the college hoops. Uh, Saturday was a big day. I mean, it was kind of it's kind of that weird like 
you know, not agreed upon, but kind of out of conference rivalry weekend, if you will. We had Syracuse and Georgetown. Um, we had obviously the Crosstown shootout, Xavier and Cincinnati. We had Kansas and Missouri. A lot of good games. The start of the day, though, was uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee, Illinois, Tennessee. Uh, phenomenal game. Terrence Shannon Jr. Uh, leading the way. And then, um, God, I forget his first name, uh, Connect. Um, help me out here. <laughs> Dalton Connect, yeah. geez, for Tennessee. Uh, Northern Colorado transfer. Um, he had 21 for Tennessee. He looks legit. I'll say from my perspective, Graham, I know you were busy with the cross-town shootout that day. I got to sit down and watch a lot of hoops, and I hadn't done that in a really long time, personally. Um, so it was nice to finally sit down and really enjoy um, some good games. Uh, and that was one of them that I really enjoyed. I mean, up and down, uh, a CBS afternoon game, like just, you know, it had all those feels of like midseason, like starting to really ramp up the college hoop season. So that was a great one. Um, and then moving forward, there were a ton of other, um, super notable games on Saturday, um, including a Purdue Alabama game that went all the way to the, to the final few possessions there. Purdue getting the win 92, 86, First time uh, Zach Eady got to play in his hometown in Toronto, uh, up in up in Canada, which was pretty cool. Um, I love to see that for him. I love to see that we're taking some college basketball international as well, even if it is just to Toronto. Um, Alabama put up a good fight in that game, man. I mean, Eady quietly had thirty five points. I think you know we're kind of at the point now where we're all like, oh yeah, cool. Like Eady thirty five, like not surprised at all. Um, he played really well. Mark Sears on the other side of the ball for Alabama also matched him with thirty five. Um, so that was a great game. Arizona uh, beat the brakes off Wisconsin at home. That place was popping. The McHale Memorial Center, I think is what they're calling it now, down in uh, Tucson. Um, it was bumping. Uh, 98-73, good win there for Arizona. Oklahoma and Arkansas played a fun game in Tulsa, which apparently has been going on a couple years, and I've just completely missed it. Um, but cool environment there because I, I think not a ton of people know this because they think Arkansas, they think, okay, state of Arkansas – you know, maybe not that close to Oklahoma. You know, Fayetteville is just a couple hours down the road from Tulsa, Oklahoma. So it's about an equidistant drive, uh, excuse me, for the two fan bases um, from down in Norman and then from over in Fayetteville. Um, so for both of them to get there and play an entertaining game, 79-70, in kind of a neutral but middle-of-the-ground environment is super fun. Um, and then, yeah, we had a few others battle the unbeatens with uh, Clemson and TCU. Clemson coming out on top, 74-66. Uh, to continue their unbeaten run. Kansas takes care of business uh, inside Allen Fieldhouse over Missouri. Um, and then St. Mary's kind of saved their season with a 64-61 win uh, on the road at Colorado State. Obviously, as Xavier fans, you know we are all in on the St. Mary's run. Keep things rolling for us, please. I uh, need to, to upgrade that to a quad one win whenever you'd like. Um, really weird start of the season, though, for St. Mary's after being projected to actually outpace Gonzaga uh, in the polls this year, haven't had a great start to the season. So we'll see uh, if they can continue this run. Obviously, Colorado State's still a solid team. And then Utah gets the win uh, over BYU, 73-69. That's a good win for them. Utah could be a sneaker in the Pac-12 this year. Uh, and then rounding out the evening was uh, a Washington upset over Gonzaga um, at home for Washington. Love to see that for them. Crowd went crazy. Always fun to beat your in-state rival there. And again, um, Graham and I talked about this earlier in the week. Maybe the weakest court storm I've ever seen in my entire life. 
like hey, security, you know, security representatives out there that do listen to this podcast, you know, not that there's many of them, but hey, just either either let them through or keep them off the court. Like it's one of the two. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna play it classy and be like, no, we've been here before, we're not gonna let people on the floor. That's fine. Then just keep them off the floor. But don't let like 40 people on the floor, and then it just kind of looks really awkward. Um, and that seemed to be what happened there uh, in Seattle. So definitely an odd court storm there. But good on Washington for getting a win. And again, the Xavier fans, you know, definitely a happy for that one as well. So, Graham, I'm going to turn over to you. Tell me your, your biggest takeaways, what you like to see, what you are concerned about kind of from the weekend in college hoops. Yeah, um, I think that uh, it's been really cool to see a lot of these top teams uh, battling um, other top teams, whether you know it's in these exempt tournaments or they're doing home and homes or neutral site games, like the fact that you know Arizona, you know, earns a one seed, um, you know, after you know playing the likes of Duke and Michigan State, and then you're the you're the number one team in the country, and you let Wisconsin come into your house, and then now you're playing Purdue, and then Alabama and FAU after that before starting conference play. I mean, good on them. That's just amazing. And they look really, really good so far. Um, You're a big, big Tom and yeah. Luke fan. <laughs> to add on to that, um, you know, the Washington and St. Mary's, uh, you know, taking down ranked teams was very, very good for um, the rest of Xavier's season. Uh, St. Saint- Mary's sure. needs to get some more wins in that win column. And what other way to do it than beat a Colorado State that was getting so much media attention? Um, yeah, and I still think they should be. I still think they're a very good team, and I think St. Mary's was just underperforming and, and needed time to. Figure yeah, and it out. I think that's a good win for them to settle their course in Washington. Um, you know, let a few slip, but now you know you take down number seven Gonzaga. Um, that you know that's a great win for them, and it, it looks good for uh, Xavier's outlook. And then uh, two other games I wanted to talk about was the fact that Oklahoma, um, one of their first real tests, um, takes care of business against an Arkansas yeah, team that, you know, if you would have told me that in the earlier season, like, hey, Oklahoma's going to be 19th in the country, going to be undefeated, and they beat Arkansas. And Arkansas is going to be unranked. Well, like, if you said, like, oh, yeah, like, they beat Arkansas, be, oh, this team's legit, but now Arkansas is 6-4. Right. They're in some trouble here. Because um, the SEC is only going to, you know, it's only going to get better and, you know, settle the course for the rest of the season. And, you know, if they don't start off SEC hot, they're going to be in some trouble because, you know, if they're around a 500 team by January, like that, that's not a good spot to be in. Um, Absolutely. I think I, I one more thing I do want to mention is just you're talking about the SEC race. I do want to look and we kind of mentioned it a little bit. This Pac-12 race, I think similar to football this year in the final year, of the Pac-12, we could have kind of an interesting basketball race. You know, obviously Arizona's probably going to be at the top, and that's it kind of looks like it's going to be settled that way. But after that, I mean, USC has come back to the pack a little bit based on preseason expectations. Um, you know, Washington plays a really tight, you know, plays a really good game and beats a good Gonzaga team. Utah also at 7-2 and two after a win over BYU. So, I mean, we could see a really interesting race there in the Pac-12 as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I think it would, it's, it would be just as poetic as... Um, the football season ended that this was the best year Pac-12 football has been in several years. And, oh, absolutely. you know, basketball has been like a three, four seed conference the past few years. And if they're able to return to their earlier ways, that that would be really awesome for that conference. 
Um, and then finally, TCU Clemson. Um, TCU's been, you know, a great team so far. Um, and I think that, you know, they're like a, kind of like that sleeper team that they were last year. I think they're, you know, you're not going to be one of the top three or four teams in the Big 12 this year, but, you know, the team that no one wants to play, um, especially especially Absolutely. on that god-awful court. Um, <laughs> that white, what is that? I mean, it's got some, like, scales yeah, it, on so it. Yeah, it's so bad. As, you know, Zach Eady was doing his thing against Alabama and Toronto, there's a lesser game going on, you know, Clemson taking down TCU. Um, this Clemson team, uh, you know, might end up being legit. Um, the fact that they have, you know, beat multiple, like, respectable programs um, and then beating Alabama and TCU is, you know, huge for them. Um, they have a good Absolutely. test this weekend going on the road to Memphis. Um, I don't know if that court is still blue. Um, not quite sure. <laughs> it's a good question. We're going to um, find and out. And then, you know, Queens and Radford in between that before starting a very, very tough ACC stretch, all things considered. Um, yeah. Going at Miami with Laranaga, North Carolina, who will be the highest seed um, in the ACC going into that game most likely, and then at Virginia Tech. I mean, that is a very, very oh. tough. And, and at Virginia Tech is always. Yeah, a that's game. a very tough environment. Um, and I think that this Clemson team has shown that they're one of the better teams in the country right now um, just by taking care of business. And it's easier for yeah, them absolutely. to say, like, their schedule isn't as more isn't as difficult as some other teams that are they're being lumped in with. But right. at the same time, you know, that's the schedule that they have, and they've taken care of it so far. And if they can keep going forward, I think that's a very scary team. Um, in the ACC that we haven't seen Clemson um, perform to as they used to in the late 2010s. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple other notable results on Sunday. Um, Colorado just a- absolutely obliterating a Miami team that I'm really high on. And again, back to our Pac-12 talk, Colorado seems to be a team that might be a force to be reckoned with going forward as well. Um, and then Memphis... Uh, getting a huge road win at Texas A&M. Sure, is Texas A&M coming back to the pack a little bit? Maybe not as good as some thought in the SEC this year, maybe. But at that same time, uh, this Memphis team is showing showing that they're legit. So definitely a couple to keep an eye on there. Um, and then after that, I mean, really a, a bleak week. I mean, Duke takes care of business against a Hofstra team. Tennessee beats Georgia Southern. I mean, just really a bleak week until we get to Wednesday. Uh, a bunch of really odd results. First of all, Louisville loses another game, uh, another bye game at home to Arkansas State. Um, I heard that the athletic director over there at Louisville is currently polling players uh, and will have an action on Kenny Payne in the coming days. Um, so assuming that he is going to be relieved of his duties, um, let's play a fun little game here. I, I mean, obviously, it's not going to come right now in the middle of the season, um, but if you get to the end of the season, Graham, wh- if you're Louisville, wh- where are you going? Also, if you're a coach, who wants this job? I mean, I mean, legitimately, uh, I think it's almost gotten to a level of, you know, high, high concern of like, sure, yeah, you've got a lot of great tradition, but you have not been good since, I mean, in almost a decade now. Um, so, you know, who wants this job? Who are you looking at as kind of lead candidates for this Louisville job? I guess it's obviously probably going to become open here well, pretty soon. Well, the problem is, is that... When you have a, a job with such high brand equity and, you know, a devout fan base of the tradition, 
is that you have to go after, you know, a proven coach, someone who can lead this program. But the problem is, Absolutely. is I don't know if there's enough money in the world that you would have to have to pool a good coach to come to this dumpster fire. Like, yeah, I keep seeing, true. you know, uh, Jerome Tang's name being thrown around. And it's like, God, poor like, guy. That would like, be he's horrible. doing a great job at K-State. Why would he, you know, want to jump ship and go to this program when, you know, K-State's becoming, you know, a really, really good, respectable program lately. Um, yeah. Uh, and they were even before he got there. I think that's what people forget about K-State is, sure, under Bruce Weber, they weren't winning Big 12 titles. They were a good team year in and right. year out. Um, another name I keep getting seen thrown around is Mick Cronin. And again, that's another one that like I oh. can't see him wanting to leave after doing so well at Louisville, uh, at UCLA lately. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Final Fours, Elite Eights. Like he's been money in March and is leading a really good program. Yeah. I can't see like why he would want to leave. Um, you know, the only other one that I I haven't I haven't really seen this much, but and we talked about it last year, and I know we just locked in you know a, a fairly long term contract, but. Do you give beer to call? Like, I, I don't know. I, I think if anyone's proven they can build a program, it's it's Chris Beard, and, and obviously it's going to take a lot of money to get him away from from Ole Miss. You know, at the rate yeah, that he's I at. Think, but I think it's a little too early. Um, yeah, I, you give him another year, maybe. But wouldn't be surprised if Tom Crean gets a call. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good take. I mean, he's yeah, due. I mean, wow. What What about like What about like Archie Miller? He he's got to do something at Rhode Island first. I know, but I mean it's kind of the same thing with Crean. Like I mean, he didn't do much at Georgia, you know. Like I don't know. I I think it's going to be an interesting job search here for Louisville and their athletic department. I would I do not envy that that AD position right now. Um, all right, well moving on. A couple other um, notable results from Wednesday. We had Chicago State. Uh, go into ranked uh, Welsh Ryan Arena, ranked Northwestern, uh, and knock them off by two. This is like Chicago State's like historically one of the worst teams in Division One college basketball. Um, so that's a fun one. Sure, why not take a win? Uh, this is one that Northwestern, like, legitimately, this is going to haunt you. Like, if you think you're going to be a Selection Sunday team and you're kind of around that bubble, you know, because they're 7-2 and two now, like, not bad. But if you go 500 or anything worse than that in the Big Ten – you're going to probably be a bubble team, and you get to bubble Sunday, the committee's going to see this Chicago State loss and be like, yeah, no, we're good. So um, definitely keep an eye on that one as we move forward. And then UNLV, like, this is a 500 UNLV team. Like, this is not a good team. I, I'm so conflicted on this Creighton team because UNLV, or excuse me, UNLV uh, beats them 79-64, to 64, sure, on a neutral court in Nevada. I, I'm sure there wasn't a huge contingent of running Rebs fans out there. Um, just an awkward one for Creighton and for their fan base. I don't really know what to think about this team. I mean, they're obviously still top 10 in the country. Obviously a very solid team. Um, you know, they've got some good wins on the schedule. You know, but with losses to Colorado State and, and UNLV, who knows? Like, I don't really know what to think about uh, this team going forward. You you got a big opportunity against Bama tomorrow night. Uh, and then you start uh, Big East play with a back-to-back of home against Nova and away against Marquette. So, I, I mean, you're going to prove yourself here one way or another, and we're going to really figure out, you know, what this Creighton team is made of. Um, 
But yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what they look like. Graham, any thoughts on Creighton early on in the season? Um, it, they're such a weird case because you know when they're on, they look like one of the best teams in the country. Um, but in both of their losses, like Trey Alexander and Shireman have shot so poorly. I think the Colorado State game, Trey Alexander was like one for sixteen. In the UNLV game, he was two oh. for thirteen. Um, you can't you can't win games, you know, if some of the guys that you're expecting the most production from are shooting in like the early tens from the field. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, and you know this UNLV team is such a weird case because I I don't I don't know how. UNLV doesn't get the same sort of flack that, you know, some of these other respectable programs get. Um, UNLV has not been good for a while. And No, you're right. And and there was I mean, there was a a couple a couple separate periods where this UNLV team was a legit West Coast contender. Yeah. Um they they just look really poorly, so I think that this reflects really bad on Creighton and what they've been able to do. I think they need to stop scheduling in the Mountain West because their two games there have looked yeah, clearly really, really um, bad. Um, and in addition to that, um, the Chicago State Northwestern game was so funny to me because Northwestern just cannot stay ranked because that, that that's how it was <laughs> you know, last year. They would you know beat a great team. I think they snuck away from the Purdue win last year and an Indiana win last year. And then as soon as they would be ranked, you know, they would drop a game to Iowa or, you know, Rutgers or you name it. Like, And the Chicago State team has been one of the worst teams in college basketball for a long time. Um, just because, you know, the independent, they're playing a brutal schedule, can't seem to get their foot off the ground. And the fact that, you know, they were able to pull away with a big win is – just remarkable yeah no absolutely um and as you mentioned before the show our, our tommies are our, our, one of our favorite teams in college basketball um gave marquette a run last night obviously marquette um gets the win in the end um but kind of a fun one to to keep an eye on you know obviously i didn't watch much um but but just nice to you know follow along with so um but good on marquette for for taking care of business you do have to get that win um there in the end uh, and then as we move on to this weekend, Graham, um, a, a bunch of big games ahead. But first, I, I want to get your takes on – we did have some big big uh, midweek news. Jawan Howard at Michigan has reportedly had some sort of confrontation with the uh, strength and conditioning, the, the weights coach uh, at Michigan, and you know as, as you call them, the team up north, just continuing to have um, – weird dramatic experiences around their athletics department personally as a kind of outside fan obviously I have some family that is Michigan related or Michigan adjacent I, I don't I mean I know you're in a tough spot it's kind of like Georgetown last year right like you don't want to fire Patrick Ewing um but you're kind of at that point where like you really got to start thinking about it people I don't think people are talking enough about how regardless of all the outside stuff how hot Jawan Howard's seat should be right now legitimately I mean the one year he was successful was his first season, and many people would argue that was you know mostly um, uh, Beeline's team. So, kind of, what are your thoughts right now on obviously awkward situation? We don't really know the facts yet, which I find interesting too. The athletics department has completely gone quiet on us on what actually happened, what the instance was, whether it was aggressive, whether it was physical. Because do keep in mind, 
since the Wisconsin incident a couple years back, Jawan Howard is under a, a zero-tolerance policy. If he makes contact with anyone in an aggressive manner, he's gone. Um, it, it, so I just, as an outside kind of half-supporter, but also just as someone reporting on it, um, I don't see how you don't kind of take this opportunity to be like, yeah, all right, sorry, coach. Like, it, you know, this just isn't working out. Um, and especially when you got a guy like Phil Martelli, you know, not that you want to make him the full time because it doesn't really sound like he wants that responsibility. But if you got him to finish out your season, like, that's a heck of a coach sitting there on the bench. Uh, and it's weird, too, because obviously, you know, you can't blame him personally, but Juwan's recovering from open heart surgery, so he hasn't been listed as the head coach, but yet he's still getting thrown out of games, sitting on the bench. Like, just a really weird, weird situation going on at the University of Michigan. And I'm interested to see what they do going forward. Um, so, Grant, what, what are your thoughts on? where Michigan's at, what they should do going forward, um, and I guess what to kind of keep an eye on with this whole situation unfolding. Yeah, I think um, this Juwan Howard case is really eerie that, you know, they made such a big deal about if any behavior would were to continue from last season, that, you know, there would be an immediate change, and then these rumors come out, and then there's no new information. It sounds like they, they don't want to fire him. And they're trying to, you know, keep everything right. in-house and control the system, the area. What I don't understand is why there's, you know, this big pushback that they don't want to let him go because um, he has just not, you know, lived up to the hope that they thought that he was going to come by, come back and, you know, restore the Fab Five. And, you know, that first tournament one was really well orchestrated. But, you know, I think it, you're not – you're not crazy to think that, you know, ball bounces a few different ways that they don't go on that run just because they were not expected to go on that run when they got into the tournament. Um, And then the past few seasons, they've been extremely subpar. Um, I really just don't know what to think about uh, the trajectory of their season because now you're five and five. um, And, you know, there are a lot of teams in, in the Big Ten that have, you know, won more games than them right now. And it's only going to get more difficult for Michigan um, if, you know, they don't get their act together. And it's hard, you know, to keep your head on straight when you have a coach that um, always seemingly yeah, always can't. Seems <laughs> like... that, you know, have something going on other than, um, you know, the games at hand. And, right. you, know, he, you know, he's got he's got two tough games coming up, you know, playing Florida. um a respectable team, and then McNeese State with Will Wade. Will Wade could, you know, yeah. I mean, McNeese is legit. Like, like they're going to win their conference, and and they're going to be someone to watch in the in yeah. The and Will Wade, you know, just had his first game back, and um, you know, that that will be like his third or fourth game, and maybe you know that's a that's a statement win for him. So he's going to you know try to coach the game sure. of his life there, and you know, if Michigan you know isn't going five hundred into Big Ten play. Um, with a schedule, you know, that that is designed, you know, to test them, but also be pretty favorable to them. I'd be, I'd be really concerned about Jawan Howard's um, state uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah. No, no, I agree completely because I and I just think it's so interesting because under Beeline you had such a great era of Michigan basketball. You had a lot of top draft picks, um, you know, with the Wagner brother or the Vog, excuse me, Wagner brothers. Um, you know, Jordan Poole, uh, Trey Burke was legit, Tim Hardaway, like a lot of really good guys coming out of those times. 
You had a couple Final Four runs. Like you, you were establishing yourself as a pretty legit contender year in and year out. And now you're just kind of fading into mediocrity, mediocrity here, um, which I just don't really know what what's the end goal for Michigan. Obviously, I know the focus is on football. There's no doubt about that. Um, but you had something going here in basketball, and you kind of completely just thwarted it. You know, looking forward to um, you know maybe this new coach and Jawan Howard, and and it's just a weird situation at Michigan. So I I'm interested to see how that continues but we will keep an eye on that and i would assume we'll have an update next week because i mean they play a game tomorrow and if as a university you can't come to a consensus on an update on your head coach um then i think there's probably bigger issues going on at the university so we'll see um anyhow moving forward weekend preview um graham let's do it this way so many good games i'm gonna run through all of them you tell me that let's say two two i think is a fair number give me the two that you're most excited about um, but I'll run through the whole slate just really quickly. We've got UConn Gonzaga tonight in Seattle at the Climate Pledge Arena, which I'm excited. I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know that it's hosted a basketball game yet. Um, new arena for the Seattle Kraken, so uh, definitely excited to see that one, excited to see them host there. Um, they may have had one there last year. I can't remember for sure, but either way, sweet arena. Can't wait to see that game. I think it's going to be a, a really good uh, atmosphere tonight and a great game. Um, you've got Kansas traveling on the road for their first true road game of the year to Indiana. Obviously, Indiana's been subpar, but you never know. Um, LSU is at Texas, or excuse me, a, a, a weird um, neutral site game against uh, Texas and Houston tomorrow. Um, Baylor's at Michigan State in Detroit. Uh, again, another neutral site that could be fun. Um, Texas A&M Houston tomorrow should be a good one. A&M's obviously falling out of the rankings, but rankings, but a legit team. As you mentioned earlier, Clemson, Memphis. Uh, that one's in Memphis, uh, obviously. So, a, you know, a, a legit top 15 test here for Clemson. Um, you got Arizona-Purdue, which I think is kind of the headliner. Um, it is a, a neutral game in Indianapolis, but obviously, like we discussed earlier, it's going to be, you know, a, a highly, uh, a, you know, a large amount of Purdue fans there as it is in Indianapolis. CBS Sports Classic in Atlanta. We got Kentucky and North Carolina. That should be a great game on a neutral site. Um, Battle of Chicago with Northwestern and DePaul. Make sure to tune into that one. Uh, don't miss that one. Um, you got Alabama going on the road to Creighton. I think that's another great game. NC State at Tennessee or NC State against Tennessee in San Antonio. Uh, never know what you're going to get out of that one. Um, and then yeah, that kind of wraps up the weekend. But but Graham, I'll turn over to you. What what are you kind of most excited about? Uh, going into the weekend, and I know you said you wanted to watch some hoops this weekend. So, which ones do you have highlighted that you want to catch? Um, I think the cop out answer would be Arizona Purdue. So I'm just going to slightly touch on it that <laughs> you know that's that's like a Final Four matchup. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, and especially in Indianapolis too, because we know the NCAA doesn't play any games outside of Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, again, my only you know disdain for this game is that it's in Indianapolis. If you're going to do a neutral site game, play this in Miami. Uh, it makes right. no sense for Purdue to, you know, travel, you know, an hour south while Arizona has to go three time zones. Um, right. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, but games I'm excited for, I'm really excited to see what Kansas can do on the road at Indiana. Um, that's a really tough place to play at that Assembly Hall. Um, Indiana's kind of just been, you know, existing at 7-2. and two. A big win can really... <laughs> Existing as a good can way to really put it. you know change the trajectory of their season, 
And that's, you know, this is a really good test for Kansas because, you know, you talked about their depth. This is will be their first away game. Um, you know, the, they might get a little bit of a road whistle, you know, have to go into your bench a little bit. Um, and how, how those guys respond will be a big storyline yeah. for this game. That's a good point. I mean, we, we really we really haven't seen the, the bench that much for KU. So uh, you're right. That's a good shout. I mean, I think it's it's going to be an interesting environment for Kansas to go into. Um, and then, you know, I'll, I'm going to double down on what I said about Clemson. Um, all, there's always a team that's in, um, I'd say probably SEC, ACC, Big 12, or not, no, no. SEC, ACC, Pac-12, Mountain West. Big, big team. Yeah, like the, it's not like the top three conferences, but there's always a team, you know, that starts the season off undefeated. They may have beaten a few teams, which you don't really know, and I, what what to expect from them. I think that Clemson's one of these teams. Um, if you go on the road, FedEx form, and you beat Memphis, um, it, it, I think after, you know, there's so many ranked games this week, um, that could propel you into the top 10, and that would be something that I would have not expected to see a top 10 Clemson team. So I'm excited to see how they can, um, you know, answer the bell this week. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll pick up where you left off the game tonight, the Friday game. Gonzaga UConn is going to be, I think it's going to be great. I mean, obviously, again, like we said, you know, Seattle, so it's basically a Gonzaga home game, kind of awkward setting there. Um, but overall, I think it's going to be awesome. I think the environment's going to be good. Um, Seattle's a good basketball crowd there. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I personally, I don't know, I think both you and I agree that we've seen a lot of UConn this year in some early games. Haven't seen as much Gonzaga. Sure, they had a win against a mid-major on Monday, but truly this is your opportunity to respond. How do you respond to the load raw, the excuse me, the road loss um to Washington last weekend? Um excited to see what they can bring in a team that we just don't really know what we're getting from Gonzaga yet this year. And then I'll go on to another one, actually. Um, I am excited about this Texas A&M-Houston game. Um, but really, more more than anything, Baylor-Michigan State. I mean, legitimately, Michigan State's got the longest active streak for tournaments made. It, it is in jeopardy, like straight up. Uh, and this is a chance for a big statement win. Sure, is it, you know, it's not uh, the Breslin Center, you know, out in East Lansing. About the second best thing you can get, though, in Detroit. You get a good home crowd there. Uh, in Detroit for Michigan State, you know, for Michigan State and bringing Baylor in on the road. Baylor's a legit team. Can this Michigan State team respond and make it interesting, um, you know, down the stretch? So definitely excited for that one. Obviously, Kentucky, North Carolina in the CBS Sports Classic is is probably going to be a good one. Um, you know, but what do we see out of this fast-paced uh, Kentucky team? And against a North Carolina team that I think is, if we're being honest, kind of overperforming a little bit to start the season. So definitely excited Stacked weekend, um, Graham. You'll be you'll be my correspondent tomorrow. I know you've got the Xavier Winthrop game, um, but you're gonna be my correspondent tomorrow. Keep an eye on these games. Tell me what you think. I'm gonna travel day for me tomorrow, so I'll be on a plane most of the day. But I'll try and catch the games when I can. Um, but definitely gonna gonna be excited to hear about it and uh, get caught up next week. So um, we're getting into the thick of it. I mean, conference play legitimately starts for almost everyone within the next two weeks. So. You know, holiday times. This was finals week, so a good little break to kind of prep yourself um, before a big, a big stretch into conference play. So, before we get out of here, though, Graham, tell me what was the? I'm I am so upset that I missed out last week. I know it was an all time atmosphere, a big time statement win. Obviously, coming off, we got to talk. We got to talk players only meeting. You know, where are we at on Xavier? 
um, coming out of a, a great win in the Crosstown shootout against Cincinnati. Obviously, don't, you know, trying to hold everyone's excitement back a little bit. Don't get too excited. We still don't know what to know, you know, what to expect from this team. Um, but definitely a good statement there last weekend. Graham, what were your biggest takeaways? Um, I was, you know, telling everyone that that may have been my my favorite game um, during my time at Xavier just because of that meant so much more than so many of the other favorite games that I've had. Um, you know, you know, we are struggling a little bit, you know, three straight losses at Cintas, which is just, you know, unheard of. Unheard of. I mean, the building opened in 2000. That's unheard of. And UC comes in, um, looking to cement themselves as one of the best teams of the country. You know, they were undefeated and, they weren't getting a lot of respect due to their schedule, but they knew that if you know you came in and you beat your rival, um, the attention is going to be on you. Especially, you know, it's been at the time it was four years in a row. We've pretty much dominated this millennia. Um, so you know the target was on our back, and I am blown away at how we responded. Um, it was the most complete game that we've played as a team this year. Um, starting five, everyone did their job. Um, bench guys, you know, gave you great energy. We really answered the bell, um, responded, set the tone from the jump. I was blown away out of how complete game uh, we played. And I think that uh, it's more of a shock to me, not how we, you know, came out to the game, but how did we respond to their energy? You know, the second half they gave us, you know, multiple surges of, like, their own little runs and the fact that we either hit like a tough shot or got a big stop really shows that the ceiling for this team is so much higher than what we've seen right now. Yeah, absolutely. So with Winthrop up next um, and then you get into conference play next week. um, I mean, we said two, two of the big four, Um, do you still hold true to that? Do you think we need another one out of the road Villanova or, home at UConn to really, you know, have, uh, you know, March Madness hopes for this team? Yeah, I think I think um, it's definitely important to keep that in mind that, you know, you still need to get some big wins. Like, the That's UC it. game leading up to the seat, like the rest of your games, is good for morale. You know, it settles the course a little bit. Absolutely. But, you know, once the dust clears and you're preparing for Winthrop and you're preparing for the rest of the game, like, you have to realize, like, damn, we, we have five losses. Like, we lost three in a row at home. Like, the reality yeah. is is that you need to ride off that high. And, and not, not only that, but to teams that, like, like we said with the Chicago State loss for Northwestern, like, to teams that on Selection Sunday, like, that's not going to look good on a resume. Mm-hmm. You know, losses to Delaware at home, losses to um, Oakland. Oh, blanket on the Oakland. other one. Oakland, thank you. Um at home are, are not going to look on the resume. So it's definitely, you know, you got to continue to rebuild this resume and get some quality wins come conference play. Otherwise, you know, the, the, the selection, if you go 500 in big, big East play, the selection committee is not even going to look yeah. at you. Um, and I think that last year, the big East was extremely top heavy. Um, you had, you know, Marquette, UConn, us, Creighton, Providence, that were like really good teams competing for you know big time spots in the tournament, and then there's a bunch of like middle of the road, and then there's DePaul and Georgetown. 
this year, I think <laughs> shout out. I think that um, it's UConn and Marquette are up there, and then due to Creighton's losses and you know Butler's, um, you know quality of play, them two Providence, St. John's, Villanova, Georgetown, Saint Paul, Seton Hall, and Xavier are all competing for like the three, but they're also competing yeah. for like the tenth seed, like. Yeah, and no, I think absolutely. that, gosh, you're gonna you're gonna make so many Creighton fans mad with this. I, Say, saying that they're competing with with Butler is just gonna light so many. Well, the fact fire. of the matter is, is that their two losses they looked like completely different teams than what you've been able to see. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I'm just, I'm just, you know, letting. You know I mean, what's at coming. the same time, I'm, you know, I'm kind of dissing my team as well because uh, right. we've lost some terrible games and we very well. Due to our record, if it was off of record right now, we'd be the tenth seed in the Big East. We're five and five. Like, mm-hmm. it's no diss. It's a it's a fact. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's just just gonna make the Big East so much more of a, a war than it already usually is, just because so many absolutely. teams are gonna be fighting for you know how important these wins are, and the fact that we start with St. John's and Seton Hall before we get get into a really tough stretch, um, can really set the tone for the rest of our Big East play. You know, if we start 2-0, and that Villanova and UConn game, like, you have a lot... Gotta go get yeah, one you have a two. lot, you you have a lot more confidence. Two. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, yeah, and, I mean, even Georgetown, I, I know we, we didn't mention them, but you definitely got to keep an eye on them. I know they're probably, you know, talent-wise, not one of the best, but... Man, they give T- they gave TCU a good run at their own place, and and really, I mean, we've talked about this, but they should have won that game. Like, yeah. referees missed a call late in the game. Georgetown should have won that. Is Georgetown a tournament team? Probably not, but they're a legit contender. I think. I mean, I I don't know about the talent level, but I trust Ed Cooley, you know, and, and he is a phenomenal coach. So definitely interested to see kind of what direction um, that team goes. And and I agree with you. I think the the middle to bottom of the beast is absolutely stacked this year um and it'll be interesting to see how kind of the rest of the conference responds so all right well graham you got anything else worth noting i mean we're we're coming out to a conference play is about to really ramp up here um any quick you know fire off any quick takes like what what teams are you loving what teams are you hating early on in the season um I, I love uh purdue and houston i think uh, is there a little bit of a bias just because i've been able to see them um, up close, but especially Purdue. I think that this is Purdue's year, but you know, we've been saying this for a while. Um, <laughs> we've been saying this for a couple years now. They, they really need to just prove it in March. Um, I think that they're really, really legit. Um, yeah. Additionally, I think, um, that this, I guess, uh, you know, this Mountain West push, um, led by Colorado State. <laughs> Um, is going to be very interesting because um, you know they're going to get a few new teams at their conference next season, so maybe this is their last chance of just yeah. uh, normalcy for a little bit. Um, I'm really excited for this weekend. I think that since there's so many ranked matchups and some good rivalry games as well, like the way the dust settles is going to be very interesting um, on Monday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can't wait for that. Um, I agree with you. I think Colorado State push is going to be fun. Um, and I'm, I'm big on this Marquette team, man. I think, you know, we're going to get to see them here a couple times, uh, here later in the season. And I think they're just so legit, um, that, that defense is, it's no joke. So 
definitely excited to see more of what they can bring. But um, yeah, I think that's going to wrap it for us here. Uh, Friday, December 15th, we're going to get this pot up today. So you have a good weekend preview for you. Big weekend in college hoops. A lot coming your way. Um, definitely make sure you tune in. And, you know, guys, football season's over. I, I know there's technically bowl games this weekend. You don't want to watch. I knew it was a Cal and Texas Tech, I think, is the headliner on Saturday uh, for the bowl games. You don't want to watch that. Locking on some college hoops. Get yourself educated for you college football fans that are just joining us. Um, and uh, definitely get to get to enjoy some college hoops because this is a big weekend for us. Um, and it's, you know, it's only up from here. Conference play is getting going. Um, and, uh, and it's going to be a great year, you know, moving forward. So I do want to quickly shout out. We got our, our Spotify wrap for podcasters this weekend. Graham, I don't even know if I've told you this info yet. Um, but we're, we're up 38% on, on average listeners this year. So that's always fun. Um, and uh, we, we had 66% as well uh, kind of joining us for the first time in this past year. Um, of our listeners, so definitely a, a fun year for us, and uh, and thank you all for listening. Um, you know, as we kind of get you know get more used to this thing, get get into a better uh, flow with it, and obviously continue to grow the podcast. So, thank you all for listening. As always, myself Evan Shovel alongside Graham Griffith. Thanks so much for joining. We'll catch you all next week uh, with a, a weekend recap, recap, and a little bit of a conference preview. Um, so again, talk to you all very very soon, and have a good weekend. Enjoy the games. Cheers.